It's our privilege this morning to share in an ordination installation service for the people in our church who are taking on some special responsibilities this year. Those who have been duly selected uh, by the congregation to lead and serve are poised. Uh, they're ready to begin a year of service to the Lord, and we're asking God to bless them and their service throughout 2013 and, and even beyond. But before we install the people listed in our bulletin this morning, see there's a page there called Ordination Installation Service, we want you to understand a little better uh, why we are doing so. So we're going to go back to a day when Moses passed the torch of leadership from himself to Joshua. And in order to do this, we need to turn in our Bibles back to Numbers 27, uh, so you can begin doing that. It's historical kind of uh, backdrop, background I want to provide for this, in, in case you're not familiar with this story. Moses uh, had been called by God to go into Egypt and there to rescue the people that had been held slaves to the Egyptians for about 400 years. And through a series of uh, plagues and a lot of different things that God did by his power, Pharaoh finally said, okay, go, you can leave. And about two million Israelites exited Egypt. And uh, Exodus tells us all about that. They get to the Red Sea, they have trouble crossing that until God provides dry ground, and they, they go on ahead. Uh, Pharaoh's army is destroyed as the waters come back together on them, and the Israelites continue. They march across a vast wilderness making their way north and east up to what we call Israel today. And eventually they come to the east side of the Jordan River and they are ready to cross in. Uh, Moses says, okay, let's camp here. Let's send 12 men in to spy out the land. And so they go into Palestine and these 12 men search all over. They go over where they can, uh, kind of keeping low to cover and, and uh, just observing. And uh, eventually after a few weeks they come back. They come back to report to Moses and the Israelites that indeed this is a, a wealthy land, a prosperous land, uh, just flowing with milk and honey as God has promised, and uh, it's a, a great, great place to live, except <laughs> there are a lot of other people already there. And the people that they observed were, were uh, fierce people. They were uh, people of good, uh, many cultures and, and uh, have armies and, and they have walled cities and they come back and report all of this to Moses and to the rest of the Israelites. And of these 12 spies who went in, only two of them say, God says we should go and conquer the land and drive the people out, and we should do it. And the other 10 said, well, that's what God said, but we don't see how we could possibly do that. We don't see how we could win. And uh, we're just going to kill ourselves trying, so let's just stay here on the east side of the Jordan. And they persuade the rest of the Israelites to pull back in fear, and they don't go in. And instead, God says, okay, because you refuse to believe in me, before you, because you refuse to, to follow me and have the courage of faith to go forward and to conquer the people and drive them out and, and, and possess the land I've given you, then I'm going to make you wander in the wilderness. And they go back into this huge wilderness, this desert region between there and Egypt, and they wander there for the next 40 years until all of the adults of that generation had perished, until all of them had died, they'd buried them in the desert. Forty years later, they come back to that same place of the Jordan River, and once again, they're getting ready to cross over, 
and Moses is, is uh, uh, ready for the people to go in and inherit this land that's been promised them. But Moses himself cannot go. He has sinned himself while he's out in the wilderness with the people by uh, striking this rock that was there, the desert of Zin. And uh, he stru struck the rock in order to produce water. God has said, I'm going to provide water for you. And ang in his anger, Moses struck the rock, disrespected God. God said, because of that, you're not going to be able to go in. You will see the promised land. You will watch the people go in. Uh, but you will not be able to go in yourself. And that's right where we are in Numbers 27. So we're going to read together from Numbers 27 what God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain in the Abraham range and see the land I have given the Israelites. Moses goes up this mountain so he can see over into the promised land. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people. It's a euphemism for you will die, <laughs> as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the desert of Zin. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over his community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who coincidentally is one of those two spies who said, Let's go, and nobody would go. Take this man, this Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is my spirit, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar, Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is stand to stand before Eleazar the priest who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out and at his command they will come in. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. And then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. So Joshua is duly commissioned by Moses and the people of God to lead the nation of Israel. He took up the mantle, in other words, that Moses had worn as their leader, as the one who spoke for God, as the one who led them for God, and he led them into the conquest of this promised land. Now, ordination is a kind of a big word, word we don't use very often. It simply means the commissioning, the appointment and commissioning of people for special service. And they would be set aside, set apart for this task that God had laid out. The Bible Dictionary tells us that there are four primary examples of ordination in the Old Testament. There's consecration of Aaron and his sons as priests to God. And had Michael come up here and showed where they put the blood on him and, and, and set them apart. The dedication, secondly, of the rest of the tribe of Levi, because generation after generation, each next generation would be sworn in, appointed, commissioned to be uh, the priest before God, and they were ordained. Then there's the appointment of 70 elders to assist Moses in leading the people out in the wilderness. That happened along the journey. And then there's the commissioning of Joshua, which is right here in, in Numbers 27. These are the examples of ordination in the Old Testament. There's also examples in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the book of Acts and some of Paul's letters talk about the setting apart of, of various responsibilities, the elders, the deacons, others sometimes for special service that they were to perform in the church of Christ, 
not in the nation of Israel, but now in the new covenant, the church of Jesus Christ. Often in both the Old Testament and the New, the person who was being ordained as God's special instrument was physically touched by the laying on of hands. Those who would commission them laid their hands on their shoulders or their heads and they, they prayed for them as they began some kind of service. And we're going to do that today. In the laying on of hands, it is understood that the person laying the hands on someone else was doing one or more of the following. Sometimes they were conferring a blessing on that person. And so Isaac pulled in his sons and he said, let me give you my blessing. And he would put his hand on them and he would speak a blessing on each one of those sons according to who they were and where they would go and what they would do. Second thing, when you lay on your hands, you may be transferring authority to that person. Obviously Moses is doing that with Joshua. You now have the authority to lead these people. Sometimes when they laid the hands on somebody, they were just giving healing, God's healing to somebody. They had an illness or some infirmity, and by laying on the hands, God's power was made available to heal them of that. And then fourthly, when they laid on the hands, they were consecrating that person to some special service, some special, specific task or responsibility. And so our purpose this morning is to bring leaders up here, to lay our hands on them and to say, God is commissioning you, God is ordaining you, God is consecrating you now, to some special service you will do for him. Consecration is kind of a, an area within that. Consecrating is, is separating somebody, uh, uh, saying this person now belongs to God. They are now God's person to do this. It's the same as declaring them holy or, or hallowed or dedicated. When the Bible speaks first of God being holy, it uh, says God is so different from us that he's holy. He's distinct. He is above us. He is beyond us. He is greater than us. And the holiness of God says, we can't be that. We'll never get there. We'll be human beings. We cannot be God. God alone is God. He is distinct from man. He is separate from man. He is far greater than man. He is much greater than us as Hosea 11. God says, uh, I am God. I am not man. I am the holy one in your midst. I'm the one and only kind of thing. But eventually, God says, I want you to be holy. I want you to, to be holy. And it came to mean um, so much more for us, not that we could be different, we could be special, we could be above everyone else, but that we would start to take on his characteristics of righteousness and justice and, and uh, uh, this, this pure holiness, blamelessness of his life and the, the righteousness of God. For man to be called holy isn't to say that he is perfectly holy. That it, these people that we'll bring up here today, we're going to declare that, that they are, are holy, but not holy in terms of absolute purity or righteousness or justice or any of the qualities of God, but that we recognize and God recognizes in them that they are set apart for God and they are striving to be more and more like God in those qualities and in his actions. Consecration is being set apart to belong to God so that we can serve him and so that we can become more and more like him. You know what? Consecration isn't just for the people who come up front, though. Consecration is for everybody that is Christian. Every single person that is here today that is a follower of Jesus Christ is to be consecrated, is to be set apart, is to be ordained in a sense that God wants you to serve him 
And God wants you to grow to be more like Him. Leviticus 20, verse 7 says, the consecration is for everyone, for all the people. God says in that verse, consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Set yourself apart to this life that God has called you to. Aaron and his sons stood up here. They were anointed as priests of Almighty God. Elders and deacons down through the centuries of the church have been set apart as servants of God and as leaders of God's people. And today we follow this New Testament pattern that says every Christian is a priest or priestess before God. Every person, not just the tribe of Levi, not just Aaron and his sons, not just special elders or deacons or, or anyone else that was chosen for a specific task, but every Christian is a priest or a priestess for God. And every Christian is supposed to serve God with their talents and gifts. So before we ordain and we consecrate certain people listed in our bulletin today, I want to pray a prayer of consecration for you. If you're a Christian here today, I want to pray for you. And I want you to think for a moment about Joshua. Think about uh, how he knew better than anyone else. He wasn't qualified. And that he didn't have it all together. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't going to be like a Moses. And yet he was going to have the job of Moses. How intimidating that must have been for him in some ways. He knew better than anyone else that he was not up to the task. He was not strong enough. He was not wise enough to lead two million people anywhere. And yet, that was his new responsibility. God entrusted him with that. And not only that, but to uh, lead the conquest of a large and uh, uh, unbelievable place uh, filled with people that didn't want to be conquered, that didn't want to be driven out. And he had to have great faith and great courage. Your life and mine are not that difficult. I don't know anybody in here that has a life as difficult as Joshua's life must have been. And yet, we have fears and anxieties. And we need God. We need God to call us and to work in us. We may be frightened. We may be intimidated by some, by some aspects of our lives. Uh, but God calls us to serve in places we've never been and to, to uh, work with people we've never met, and to do some things for him that we can't imagine ever doing. But he will give us the grace, he will give us the strength to do that. And at this point, we just need to learn to trust him and to put our confidence in him. I want you to uh, read along with me from uh, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. That's the Mediterranean. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I want you to accept that promise for you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me pray for you today. And if you're a Christian, not to... Uh, not to separate you as something special, something different, something better than anyone else. But if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, if you believe in God and you want God to be lifted up in your life, you want to be set apart to God and you want to become more like God, would you just stand? Just let's close our eyes. Would you stand and let's pray. For all who follow Christ, let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray your blessing upon these people that are standing before you. In a few minutes, we're going to ordain, we're going to consecrate certain individuals to certain tasks. But all of us who wear the name of Jesus Christ, all of us who follow Christ, are already set apart for you. We chose that. We chose to be your people. We chose to be more and more like Jesus. We chose to accept His holiness, because we know we're not that holy. We know that we make many mistakes. But we accept His holiness, we accept His righteousness, because you have given them to us by your grace. We accept the responsibilities that you've uh, placed upon our hearts. We accept the call that you've given into our lives, given according to our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our passions, our our. Uh, uh, things that we get excited about. And Lord, each person here today is unique. Each person that stands before you in this place is unique and, and special in your sight. And I ask for your blessing upon every one of them. I ask you, Lord, that you would consecrate us, that you would set us apart uh, and help us to, to understand that you see us as, as uh, uniquely qualified to do the things you want us to do. There are people that we will meet that no one else in this room will meet. There are places we will go that, that other people in this room will not go to. There are lives that we will affect, uh, uh, individuals whose hearts we will touch that no one else in this room will affect or touch. And I pray for your blessing on every person here. that We would feel that consecration. We would feel that ordination today even. That we are set apart for a special role to play in your kingdom. Bless us, use us, um, guide us from day to day. Lift us up when we fall down. Help us to walk in your grace. Help us to walk in your light and, and even to carry that light out into this world. Uh, bless us today. Uh, strengthen us as we, we join together in this, as we help each other. Uh, give us courage. Give us boldness. Give us perseverance, and throughout this year, may the not this be just a, a flash in the pan that lasts for a day or two or a week or a month, but throughout this year, may we serve you with our whole heart, and may Jesus be lifted up in our lives, for we pray this in his name, amen. Thank you. Would you be seated? I want to uh, ask people to stand right now. Uh, first of all, I want to ask, um, I think Mitch is still in here. Mitch, Becky, would you guys stand up for just a moment, please?
Clark and Tina are not here. Tina is actually in Florida uh, with Clark's mom trying to help out. Becky, you go ahead and stand too. Um, and uh, Gabe and Lisa are not here. But I just want to acknowledge a couple of, of uh, these these people, especially Clark and, and uh, Mitch, who have uh, served as elders for many years. I don't even know how many years it's been. You want to say how many? 200, was it? <laughs> 16 or 17 years uh, uh, with very, very few breaks in there. I want to acknowledge these people. Thank you, maybe see you. I want to acknowledge them that uh, they, have, they have served, they have given, uh, they have led, and uh, they've taken a break. And uh, we, we acknowledge they need that, that break every once in a while. So uh, let's, let's just thank them uh, for their service. I want to ask our uh, uh, new elders and their spouses to stand, please. Dave and Jill Dunn, would you stand up, please? And Dan and Vicki Higgins. Also, Tim and Cindy Goldfish. Tim's in the back up there. Okay, good. Do a few slide things. Okay. Thank you. Would you all be seated, please? Also, we want to acknowledge our deacons and their spouses as well. Joe and Teresa. Scott. Okay. And Jerry and Leanne Threat. Okay, thank you. Would you be seated? Just so you know who these folks are. And later on in a few minutes, uh, uh, we'll also acknowledge a couple of people with special roles. Uh, several of these people are going to uh, carry two responsibilities in their household through this coming year. We have uh, one of our elders uh, that's going to be new this year, a new elder, and that's Tim Goldfish. Uh, Tim, would you start making your way up here, please? And uh, Tim has uh, not served as an elder before, and so first time that somebody comes to be an elder, we have a little more uh, complete ordination time uh, where we ask them to, to kneel and uh, to uh, have hands laid on them to receive uh, the authority, the blessing uh, 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 of God's church upon their life. And we want to do that for Tim today. Tim has uh, proven his willingness to serve. Uh, the leadership of Jesus, the style of leadership is servant leadership. It's not like the world where you lord it over people and you beat everybody over the head and you tell them what you have to do. But you lead by example, you lead by service, you lead by a, a humble heart and, uh, and uh, help the people to follow God. And Tim's already proven a willingness to do that and a lifestyle that matches that. And so uh, today we want to acknowledge him and Cindy and the contribution uh, that they make to the church here. Uh, so I'd like to invite uh, Dave and Dan to come up here also. And uh, we're going to pray together for Tim and ask for God's blessing upon him as we ordain him today. Tim, would you uh, just kneel here, please? Guys, come on up here. And let's pray for Tim, please. Father God in heaven, it is a, just a total privilege to ask your blessing at this uh, very hour on our brother Tim Goldfish. We thank you, Lord, that he has been a steadfast follower of Jesus for years. We thank you, Lord, that he has known you and uh, wants to be more and more like Jesus every single day. We thank you, Lord, that he wants to now 
help to shepherd in a more significant way. And so we set him apart at this moment to do just that. And again, Lord, I'd ask your blessing to be upon him and uh, upon Cindy, his wife, as they endeavor to serve you in this capacity. We'd ask, Lord, that the, the church, even more specifically this local congregation known as New Hope Christian Church here, would be a source of encouragement that would ask you each and every day to enshroud Tim and Cindy with a barrier of protection and that they would provide love and encouragement to the service that he's trying to render on your behalf. That the name of Jesus might be lifted up in a mighty way that the flock would be attended to in a way that's consistent with the example that Jesus himself gave. And so again, Lord, I'd ask your blessing as we set Tim apart at this moment. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Father, we thank you for Tim and his willingness to serve you and everyone at New Hope as an elder. Please have your Holy Spirit guide him mm -hmm. and show him what you would have him to do. Be with Tim's family to be there to support him as well as for us to be there to support them. Thank you for his openness and for his sense of cooperation. Mm -hmm. Please uh, keep Satan from... Uh, taken anything away from us and and from Tim and his family, from detracting us from what you would have us to do for your kingdom. We look forward to uh, looking for the new year and, uh, and for what he may add to uh, your kingdom and what you would have him do here at New Hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, guys. Sorry I jumped ahead on the script a little bit there. You probably noticed that. But uh, Tim has uh, been asked about this. We're going to ask Joe Scott and uh, Jerry Threed also to come up. Joe and Jerry have both served as deacons in the past. Uh, they served for a year. And uh, we're going to ask them to come forward so that we can pray for them as well. Dave, would you come and, and pray for them? Dan, you can join us as well. Father God in heaven, we appreciate so much uh, all those that are willing to come and uh, serve you in special ways to uh, devote time and energy and uh, talent and just uh, themselves uh, to further your kingdom, to look after the things that need to be attended to and the day-to-day uh, -day operations and function of your church. Uh, Lord, I personally just thank you so much for these two uh, guys who have uh, done that over the years and who have uh, set an excellent example for others. 
or to uh, know that we have people in our midst that are of this caliber is a great privilege. And so we uh, would uh, just ask your blessing on uh, each of these guys and their families. For Jerry and Leanne, and for uh, Joe and Teresa, that uh, you would uh, be with them as they uh, endeavor to serve you well this year and beyond, and that you would uh, guide and direct uh, in all of their uh, their actions. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. We have uh, several responsibilities that are also uh, some elected, some appointed by uh, leadership. Teresa Scott will be our treasurer this coming year. It's a very big job. It's helped a lot by assistant treasurer, uh, Cheryl Pepin, uh, who was also our church secretary, and she does a lot of the financial secretary part of it to, to ease the burden on the treasurer, but the treasurer is ultimately responsible for all that, as well as we're going to have clerks um, who uh, do number functions around here, Leanne Threed and Chris Drazdowski. And uh, we also have trustees. There are four of them all the time. We elect a new one for another three-year term every year. And Tim Goldfish will be stepping up uh, to be one of those trustees. We have three others, as I said, already serving that. And uh, each year, somebody goes off, somebody comes on. So I'd like to invite uh, those people to all come forward that are here. I know Cheryl's out of town. Uh, I think everyone else is up here. So come on up. <coughs> Come on up, Teresa, Leanne, Chris, Tim. Okay. Dan, would you lead us in prayer, please, as we uh, pray for these folks? Sure. Heavenly Father, we'd like to recognize and thank Teresa, Cheryl, Leanne, Chris, and Tim volunteering for their respective elected positions and their willingness to serve. We'd also like to lift up to you and appreciate everyone else who serve in positions not named, but who work behind the scenes. We'd also like to thank their families who will uh, take the time to uh, support and help these people as they do what is needed to, uh, to do the work. Your leadership is manifested through volunteers, all who love and want to bless others by giving of their gifts and talents. We thank you and we thank them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. You may go back to your seats. I hope you'll express your appreciation to those who are willing to serve. There are many others, as Dan's just mentioned, uh, people that, that work with all of our children and youth, and uh, it's quite a list of people there. And there's a list of people that, that serve uh, in uh, a lot of responsibilities. Many of the people are sitting here, some that are not here today. But please express your appreciation to those who give of their time and energy for that. And also, uh, as Hebrews 13 says, um, Obey and uh, respect your leaders because they give, they, they serve, uh, not, not as somebody that's going to get a reward 
here on earth, not going to be paid, they're not going to uh, receive that, but because they are willing uh, to be used of God to lead the people of God. So uh, we want to respect and honor our leaders today. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? And then we're going to sing. <clears throat> Father, we ask that you be with the people that have been up in front of us today and many more. We ask that you would touch their life, that they would feel your hand upon their shoulder, that they would, would uh, hear your Holy Spirit prompting them and guiding them in this year. Um, when they grow fearful, they grow anxious about anything, may their trust and confidence be in you knowing that you will not leave us or forsake us. May they even hear those words that you spoke to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Have I not told you? And I pray that they would be filled with your confidence, filled with your boldness. Uh, throughout this year as a church, we ask that you would bless New Hope's ministry. Uh, we're going to be in many different places this year. Uh, any place that any of us may go. And as we have now been ordained, consecrated, commissioned to go forth, we pray that your grace will be upon us, that your strength will be in us, and that your love will flow through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.